just some some whispers. Uh, Sonny Dykes would appear to be guy who is down to leave current job. I mean, that is and very also much... guys who knows how to play the game. Yes, yes. Also, guy. Who, I mean, if your name is Sonny, I mean, Sonny Dykes. That's a football coach name right there. Like he he knows what's going on, but he just seems like he is the. I mean, he was that dude cannot fit a cow, and he was the cow coach for a while. I mean, you think Sonny Dykes, but um, he seems like a Texas bro. We maybe have heard that there's some fun Virginia Tech uh, rumblings about old old Sonny. Everybody wants the air raid, Jordan. You know, Gotta nobody keep up wants. With the who's. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Right. Welcome back to the Wheel Rap Podcast, everyone. This show is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us online, www.thewheelroute.com. We're at The Wheel Route on Twitter. Wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com is the email address. And you can get the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Google Pod Center, Stitcher, etc. cetera. Uh, my name is Logan Whitehouse on Twitter at LogOnTheDawn. Uh, where I had to tweet through some things last night, you know, some, yeah. had to get some feelings out. Wasn't, you know, I don't, I don't really think I was, it was too out of pocket, but, uh, sometimes, sometimes you got to get out there and just, just tweet a little bit. So I've been doing some casual tweeting. Um, otherwise just a peach, a peach of a weekend here in the sunshine state. We had a little cold front blow through, had a little bit of a gray start to the day yesterday, but I did consume the Georgia Tech Miami matchup live and in person in in Miami yesterday, uh, which was a good time. We can talk about that a little bit. And uh, yeah, today beautiful day. Got some golf balls. Did some home improvement. Just checked all the boxes. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am still in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we are experiencing the part of late fall where it's like. 25 in the morning and then gets up to the low 60s in the afternoon um so layering ladies and gentlemen that's the word of the month layer minimal humidity though right like that's why it's because there's it's like no humidity yeah yeah it's it's nice and dry nice and so also watch out for the nosebleeds for those of you sensitive to to the dry noses (laughs) that's me i used to be bad about that yeah and then you move down to the salty sea air and cured right. all, all that ails you. Now I get nosebleeds for different reasons. Hey! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the George Tech Miami game and the <laughs> and the Hard Rock Stadium. And, and the nosebleeds. Um, yeah. Uh I'm on Twitter.com at Shank Jordan. Uh yeah, happy to be here. I I was able to spend a lot of time watching football yesterday. I also went to the driving range today. Um helped out at both church services this morning because i'm built wow. different not not to say that i'm a better christian than some of you nerds <laughs> but i am built different um and yeah just just ready to to help logan talk through his gators feelings uh mm. uva had a bye so that was uh, nice you know, yeah that was that was super stress-free yeah. For, for did, me. Did, did not allow any points this weekend, which was good. Yeah. I also saw like a weird uh interview with Brennan Armstrong at a at an NIL appearance at a burger and shake joint in Charlottesville. Okay. Where he said he is feeling one hundred percent better. <laughs> but then also said like the offense will be fine regardless of who's out there. So 
uh, you know, this is the bye week is prime season to like try and read way too much into a 36 second clip that was tweeted out by the WVIR 29 uh, local news and sports reporter. Feeling 100% better. I wonder, yeah. Important to know the starting point if you're feeling 100% better. And yeah. also a weird thing to say, but you know, that's fine. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, he, he's smart enough that he knows what he's doing. Yeah. But I also feel be. like he's he's new enough to the starting QB experience that he maybe like, he maybe doesn't know what he's doing at the same time. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Certainly seems like he is down to fling the pill. Uh, yes. Which is maybe nice. a gun, think, maybe yeah. a gunslinger with his words too. Is, is what I'm getting. He's at. not gonna. He's not gonna go to the draft after this year, is he? No, I wouldn't no? imagine. I've heard. I've heard some some people saying uh, that uh, there's some 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 various draft nicks out there. They're giving him some love, some early love. Great. Is interesting. Great. So. That's great for <laughs> Jason Beck and Robert and I to go hit the trail with. <laughs> JB. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right. Speaking of JB, JK, our sweet Jason Crick is not here with us tonight. Uh, busy weekend in J in Duke land. I guess right. we can officially say it now, right? But yep. uh, we, we did can publish happen. all the draft tweets now. Right, right. There was an announcement. Um, you know, not probably too much of a surprise given the tenor of the conversation of the past couple weeks. But JMU will be joining uh, the Sun Belt Conference in football and I guess all other sports uh, in w- in which the Sun Belt does sports. Um, so, shouts out to JMU moving up yeah. to the big leagues. So I think. I think it's kind of a long time coming for them. And I am exceedingly interested to see some of the more like plugged in high expectation fans deal with like maybe being a smaller fish in a big pond. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, it's going to be, it's just going to be interesting. Like I'm not, I'm not, I am not talking trash about JMU cause I'm actually right. really excited and I think they deserve it. And I think they have a better football culture than Several ACC schools, uh, so yeah. you know they <laughs> they they should get there, um, and it's it's good for them. But uh, yeah, so shout out to Jason, working hard this weekend though. Definitely out here typing, typing and spinning, you know. Right, spinning, editing, producing, mixing, scratching, flipping Creating it, reversing content. it. Absolutely. So do. shout out. What are you drinking tonight, Jordan? Uh, it is. This will come as a shock to the listeners, but it is once again cranberry and lime polar night in the Shank oh, nice. household. Love it. Um, I so the variety pack that I previously mentioned, it's got lemon lime, which is clearly the worst, but you fight through it because that's just like lemon lime polar. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's like Sprite without all. I don't the, even know that. Yeah, I don't even know that I've stuff. seen lemon lime polar like available as a flavor standalone. But yeah. maybe I just maybe I just naturally never choose it. Also, like yeah. don't so four flavors, and if I were to rank them from my least favorite to mm. my most favorite of the variety pack, I would power go, rankings. Uh, I would go lemon lime at the bottom. I would go the black cherry at number three. Mm-hmm. I think the Waterloo black cherry is a stronger black cherry bubbly okay. water. Um, I would go grapefruit number two. I think the grapefruit's really nice. It's not overly tart or aggressive, but it is refreshing. And then cranberry That's lime good. is king in these parts. Excellent. <clears throat> I feel you. I, I'm a big, I love the cranberry lime. I love the raspberry lime. Um, I like the black cherry too. I like the orange vanilla. I don't know if you've had a chance to partake of one of those. Around here. The orange vanilla is really good. It's completely different though. So you just have to, I don't know that you would want to drink 
like an entire case of orange vanillas as like your, probably not as your, like my yeah, four or five a night <laughs> exactly exactly but it's really good and it's a very nice change of pace um little creams collection so yeah. i don't know if you're maybe drop you're a little hockey in it <laughs> you are right brother <laughs> i am working on a lemon lime spin drift not lemon lime just lemon spin drift here Publix. <laughs> Was in the game. Buy one, get one. Had to take advantage. That's a high dollar. It's a high dollar seltzer, so you got to take advantage yeah. when you get the opportunity. But it's delightful. There's like half a real lemon in the can or something, so they say. So, <laughs> you know, let's do it. Yeah, so I I saw Costco has a case of Spindrift, Ooh. but it's only one flavor. Uh, I think it's the raspberry something combination. Oh, the raspberry lime is good. It's not raspberry lime. I think okay. it's raspberry and another red fruit. Um, oh, okay. But it's That's like, odd. and I, I think I would enjoy it, but it's also aggressive to spend like $19 on a case of one flavor that I haven't tried yet. So, true. That's um, a good point. <laughs> probably going to try and wet my feet in the spindrift waters at, at a different uh, angle yeah. of approach. I guess the idea with the spindrift is they actually have fruit juice in them. So, there's gotcha. like, it is not essenced. It actually, like, the raspberry one has like, they like advertise there's like three raspberries in the can or something okay. you know like so it's One like of those it brands. is it is kind of essenced ultimately but <clears throat> but it's with real fruit juice i suppose so yeah it's good would drink again we'll drink again how about that all right um okay so we touched on rock town jordan you, you're storing up treasures in heaven love to hear it uh jason storing up treasures on earth uh working for the man at jmu and uh you know just just down here, just down here, being being a good friend, checking in on the squad in uh, in um, Miami. You got any? Do you have any questions about the Georgia Tech Miami twelve thirty a.m. kick? Twelve thirty p.m. kick. Sorry, thirty a.m. Yeah. <laughs> a hell of a time. Yeah, twelve thirty um, p.m. kick. Uh, in, in, you know, uh, two completely checked out fan bases. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess my like, I mean, we teased this point uh, due to my investigative reporting last right. episode but did we notice any any communication issues with miami's offense or defense given that they were short uh electronic devices due to self no self-reported i actually thought i mean I, I don't know that georgia tech is really bringing the lumber this year on defense but right. i thought miami miami moved the ball well in this game they had a couple outrageous turnovers in this game there was one that georgia tech ran back there was like a fumble brother man was just running out there with the ball got smacked the ball flies in the air and the georgia, a georgia tech guy running by like snags the ball out of the air runs it back for a touchdown that was kind of cool um but yeah i mean it was kind of a weird game miami was up 14 to nothing like four minutes into the game and i was like oh boy this <laughs> this could get really really bad i was with a couple of georgia tech fans shout out miles and freddie b for a great time great little tailgate action the jams were the jams were on point so were the brats so it was a good time for sure. So I wear their pants too. I don't know if you've seen these these fellows, but yeah. So like, I the video strong you, you performance sent was about a three and a half second long clip, and it featured uh, two police cars, Ural's right. tailgate, which appeared to have <laughs> Miller lights. Shout out, and yes. uh, some sort of grilling device, and just the brightest. I don't even want to call them gold because they're they're kind of darker yellower than gold. I feel like, right. but but the pants were aggressively Georgia Tech. Yes, yeah, no, they they have uh, awesome. they they had the these custom what appear to be custom like uh maybe you would call it like a mechanics shirt, okay, um, and uh, 
that they had that were like dark blue Georgia Tech mechanic shirt. But yeah, the gold pants. I, I heard they were bought on a whim a couple of years ago. Great purchase, a fantastic purchase. Uh, loved that. So, anyhow, it was it was a good good time all around. These are my tailgating pants. <laughs> exactly. So we had uh, we had a blast though. It was fun. Um, Georgia Tech did lose the game, thirty three to thirty. They were up, they were down. Um, Georgia Tech. It was very interesting to watch. They, they are very limited on offense. Yeah, they have a running back, Jameer Gibbs, who I don't even know is their primary running back, but he's very clearly the best player on their team. And they do an okay job of getting him the ball in some creative ways. They let him return kicks. They, um, but like every pass that Jeff Sims throws is, he's like the worst version of the Emory Jones. Like every pass has to be picked off his receiver shoe tops. Like the ball comes in so low. There's never a chance to run after the catch. They don't really let him throw over the middle that much. And if he does throw over the middle, it's like a, a comeback route. And the guy's like, you know, it's, it's just, I'm just saying like, we're, we're out here at sub four yards per attempt uh, on yeah. the game, which is, which is tough. And it's listen, tough. we've seen, uh, we lived through the Jamil Sewell days. We've seen some offenses that, you know, maybe have some struggles. We've seen uh, a so, Michael Rocco or two. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, um, Miami, though, looked – I mean, uh, the stadium was maybe half full, probably less than half full. But, uh, I don't know, Miami played with a little bit, of, little bit of punch, made a lot of mistakes, and really, really tried to let Georgia Tech win the game. And Georgia Tech was just not good enough to take advantage right now. So, uh, they got to continue to get better. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see. It, it might it might seem that maybe they could stand for a shakeup at the play offensive play calling do, do, location. Do, 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 do. We got breaking <laughs> news, Logan. Uh-oh. Let's via, hear it. Via the text message. Shout out to our boy Jason. He's he's still working the phones. Grantham is out. Oh, immediately? is out. Per oh, Bruce Feldman. They're letting it. Dang. I bet so, something had to have happened. That's crazy that Hefezy's out too. Man. Wow. Shocking news. Just shout out to Jason for keeping us plugged yes. in. Yes. Yes. Shout out to Jason. All right. Okay. Great. Well, my evening got better. So <laughs> let's do this. Yeah. FYI. Well, you know what? We'll get to that. I'm not, I'm not, I can't get started just just yet had a lovely had a lovely afternoon in miami yeah don't let that ruin your lovely <laughs> yeah, yeah. afternoon in Miami. <laughs> i'll get to my points about the <laughs> the poor guys that got scapegoated from florida's defensive staff last year just so we could keep the real problem around uh, you know one of which is you know the defensive coordinator at purdue as like a top 15 defense this year which is bizarre but you know whatever it is what it is um yeah so anyhow miami's quarterback though is good uh i think tyler van dyke's gonna be good um he is very much a pro style quarterback but he does like a pretty good job of he's a good enough athlete to kind of like slide out of uh out of the way and, and move around and um you know run for occasional first downs and whatnot and he makes freshman throws into like quadruple coverage that you're like oh boy <laughs> like, you see the throw leave the hand and you're like no 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 you know he gets away with it but he and, does it confidently yeah i mean he threw for a ton of yards yesterday and they had two at least two just really, really bad drops. Miami leads the, has to lead the country in drops that you're like, wow, you are killing your your freshman quarterback. If you <laughs> if like that one drilled you in the face mask, my man, and you just like did not catch it. You know, you saw it coming the whole way. So yeah, um, yeah, it was it was uh, a very chaotic college football game. Though lots of turnovers, some weird special team stuff. 
Um, at one point, Georgia Tech's <laughs> it happened right in front of us. Georgia Tech's left-footed punter, okay, um, has to has to really climb the ladder to catch the snap, okay. He has to just go up there. He's and not the high tall point. punter. Yes, he's not the tall punter. He's got to high point the football uh, to catch it. So he comes down, and there's like a, a rusher bearing down on him that is either going to tackle him or bl- like block the kick, like pick the kick just out of the air it before. It, yeah. To, yeah, exactly. So he decides to take off and run, um, which I think takes the the guy who's going to maybe tackle him by surprise. So the guy like gets <laughs> a little bit gets a little bit b- behind, but quickly remember this is the punter catches up and is like hauling the guy down like almost horse collar style so then the, the punter decides to punt it right footed <laughs> as this is happening it gets off like a 35 yard punt like just like I mean, heroic it was, it, oh it was heroic i loved it um so yeah i mean it was a quintessential college football experience i like that stadium at miami too i think i don't think there's any bad seats in there it's a good place to watch yeah. a football game yeah i was i was surprised at like when we went for the orange bowl how uh not trashy it was because i think like on tv on tv it doesn't look great i, I okay. don't know if i'm saying explaining this well but like on tv it doesn't necessarily look like oh this this would be a good like correct good no that's a good point i think that's a good point but in person it's like oh hell yeah i like i want to oh. come back and watch games easy here. in easy out like yeah. good parking situation i think like actually it's it was it was lovely so yeah. anyhow all right let's uh let's keep it moving here you got any you got any Thing you need to get off your chest uh you know foot college football wise for the weekend you consume anything of note uh i well i will just say like rough weekend in general for uh one program cal uh Ooh, yeah the golden bears took it on the chin in several avenues uh off the fields uh one of one of their alumna uh had you know had a, had a bit of a media blitz and uh, <laughs> said some regrettable things, um, and then they went out and lost to Arizona this weekend. Um, so, I I think that game was, uh, what was the score of that game? It was a it, it, was, it like, was like three to three at the start of the fourth quarter or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was close to the yeah. It was ten three. Uh, Arizona defeated Cal. Uh, also, while we're on long, low-scoring games, shout out to the Jags today. <laughs> no joke, absolutely. Friend of the podcast, Mike Redmond, just thrilled with his Jags performance. The Jags two and zero against the AFC East, inexplicably. Um, they still have to play the Pats, and they still have to play the Jets. Um, but hey, they they went ahead and got the Bills and the Dolphins out of the way. Uh, they're they're two wins, so that's hilarious. Yeah, I I can not even fathom how many survivor pool like entries just got nuked today oh. it's got to be a wasteland football hope, football hope y'all great. are in a buyback league because because <laughs> you need it after today right um all right do we have any so we, we mentioned some hot off the presses breaking uh position coach and coordinator yeah logan why don't we just get into that because uh the florida game was a non-picker i focused on the picker games this weekend so um why why don't we just visit visit the autopsy in columbia we could do that so florida showed up columbia uh 18 and a half point favorites um worth that like florida state florida apparently had 20 to 30 players miss all or some of practice this week with the flu 
Um, Emory Jones tested positive for the flu the morning of the game, which I guess ah. I guess you're allowed you're allowed to you're allowed to play with the flu, um, mm-hmm. but not the vid. Uh, so I, I get that, but um, Anthony Richardson left the Georgia game last week with a concussion and was the emergency quarterback. Uh, should Emory not be able to go the whole time, but um, just Florida looked. This was as bad as I've really seen them look since um, since Muschamp. Since the Muschamp McElwain, you know things got pretty pretty fuggly during those years. Uh, they kind of you know. bled together. Those years yes, right. Yeah, together. there were some pretty stinky performances that that came out there. Um, but the defense just got uh, absolutely manhandled by uh, South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina punted until the second half. Um, Florida, uh, you know, was trying to sound, say, not unlike the Georgia game last week, made things so much worse for themselves going into halftime and having to kick the ball back to South Carolina. Florida's down whatever it was, 20 to seven or something. And it's like, you know, that's not out of reach. You need to go, you need to get into halftime. It would be nice if you could score some points. Um, Emory Jones rolling out, gets tackled from behind, fumble, scoop score. All of a sudden, the game is basically a blowout at that point at halftime. And um, a <clears throat> little hard, you know, to stay in it. And it was just, it just seemed, seemed weird. The defense continues to struggle with what I would say are pretty basic concepts and now with the added bonus of you know i I don't really see a whole lot of like breakers on the defensive side of the ball for florida which is something you used to be able to count on they would have a linebacker that was really Mm -hmm. good they'd have a safety that could clean up plays or that would just cover a ton of ground they had corners that locked down the field i do think they have probably a top 10 pick in um kairi elam on one side of the field but other than that it just it seems like a very flat performing florida defense i don't know if they're not bought in for who's calling the plays if they're just not that good i'm sure a combination of both um but really been disappointed with florida's defensive line they seem like they get no push and they seem very soft and i I don't like to use the word soft because i think it like it's often loaded but it seems it seems like an apt way to describe florida's defense right now they just like it doesn't seem like they even have like big guys either. You know, uh, they have a lot of tweener kind of like edge outside linebacker types and, you know, a couple, what should be good interior linemen. And it uh, seems like they, they just aren't that good. So I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. And then add to that uh, poor scheme that seems to, you know, I think on there was a there was a touchdown pass last night that South Carolina threw, and I saw a tweet. It was like the a corner blitz failed to get home, and a guy was wide open in the end zone, so it's a touchdown. It's like that's that's been the story of how Florida's defenses have given up points, you know, since they haven't been playing well the last two years. So I don't know. I I do I guess take some solace in the fact that I knew this the Todd Grantham experience was not going to end well, but it <laughs> just sucks that here we are at the not well part, and it and uh, you know. Um, yeah, it's but, one of those like you you can definitely tell us that you told us so, but you kind of wish you weren't able to do that. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I guess I I wish that the guy in charge would have had the foresight to see that this is a a tenable situation or a long term situation uh, for the Gators. So anyhow, um, and then add to that a, a just a pretty lackluster offensive performance. Florida's rushing offense has been 
excellent actually this year they've churned up a lot of yards on the ground they could not run the ball at all last night they were getting no push on the offensive line um we've got to this thing where that florida doesn't give the ball to damian pierce who i would argue is when you watch football games he's definitely the running back that makes the most out of his carries on florida's team and it's very bizarre he's also the most traditional running back and they don't just hand him the football so yeah um, just weird, weird. And I, I know there was sickness and I know that the vibes are bad, but I mean, this was a, <laughs> just a, a really bad performance. I watched regrettably all of it. Um, <laughs> Shane Beamer seems like a pretty likable guy. I mean, a hard guy not to be like a little bit happy for. I mean, he was super smiley. I mean, he was after the game talking about like, uh, you know, I don't even think, you know, he was, he, what did he say? Like, oh, it's finally nice to be doing one of these halftime interviews where I'm not losing. Like, he actually said that. And, like, I don't know. I, I, I found that, That's like, kind a of little endearing. bit. I found that a little bit charming. So I was like, oh, this is, you know, in this new phase of my life, I'm trying not to be just an abject hater all the time. So Yeah, I, um, I mean, I kind of remembered some of the way he carried on when he was on Virginia Tech staff with his sure. daddy. And uh, it, it's it's hard to let that go understood so. um i heard some disappointing reports uh from about some south carolina fan behavior at this game but hey you know you got to get your takes off these don't happen that often if you're a south carolina fan so uh you gotta you gotta revel in it but yeah i, I florida lost this game like 40 to 17 they got smoked in yeah, this game so south uh, carolina had not scored excuse me 40 points in a game since week one when they beat uh eastern illinois mm -hmm. um now, I, I do understand one of those scores was a defensive scoop score, uh, per your reporting, Logan. Right. And South Carolina did have a bye week, but uh, that sounds like a real confluence of, of variables right there to get yeah. a big number on the board. You got yes. bye week, you got a Grantham defense, you got <laughs> scoop players score. who might, yeah, yeah. might not be uh, all the way into it anymore at this point right. in the year. It's tough. Yeah, it is tough. So, um, I think the the heat is extremely hot on one Mr. Dan Mullen right now. I have been striving to extend benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, I think at the beginning of this year, it was understood that this was probably going to be a step back from how good Florida was last year, a uh, little bit of rebuild here. But I'm having a tough time defending uh, Dan Mullen operation as we are moving into more recruited players having to take on bigger roles. Um, in the offense and you know it was all well and good when you could sell yourself on him being a great play caller and so creative he used all of McElwain's players and and you know then you look at it now and it's like well damn I think McElwain had better had better players on the team you know <laughs> uh so yeah that that all said um it's gonna be really interesting next couple of weeks Florida I think has to play Samford who has to be just licking their chops ready to play the Gators <laughs> uh this weekend and might be worth the sprinkle they have missouri I and think I they have yeah the and they have florida. they have florida state so uh florida state you know florida state is has been playing better and appears to be playing hard for their coach albeit they suck um you know but, but florida dang it, they like, suck they florida suck enthusiastically appears, it would appear that florida might suck and not be playing hard for their coach so you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough matchup um in a few weeks but uh yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I still feel a little bit like, you know, just kind of numb about it. And at, at this point, it's kind of one of those things like probably inevitable that you this isn't this isn't the guy to lead Florida back to 
uh, the stunning heights that we've seen them at. And maybe Florida is it doesn't like demand that anymore, right? And that might be that might that might might be okay. I don't want to I don't want to do the uh, the administration's okay with being a top ten public school, so they don't care about football. Like I seriously doubt the administration do, just doesn't care about football, right? Um, this is the University of Florida. I mean, it's it's not a joke. However, you know. If it, it's it's clearly not as highly prioritized as it, as it is as some other schools that uh, should be peers to Florida on the football field, your Georgias, your Alabamas, just based on resources put towards program for recruiting things. Um, I don't know. I, I think a lot, a lot needs to change. Uh, it would appear that the defensive coordinator has been fired <laughs> during the podcast here, so that is a change. The offensive um, coordinator should... as well, right? Uh, oh, well, line coach. Sorry, he's the O line coach, co co offensive coordinator. But yes, um, a guy who's been with Mullen for forever, and that that's what's really surprising. So I'm wondering if I'm wondering if someone else made that decision. Because yeah. John Hevesy was the offensive line coach at Florida when Mullen was the OC, and he went with Mullen to Mississippi State. They, they're oh, wow. boys. They're like extremely boys. So um, that had to be tough, you know. I, one of my boys um you know <laughs> it, would, it would suck so anyhow uh ugly scene at florida right now um a lot of a lot of heat on the coaching staff and and we'll see i just i don't know yeah i don't i don't really know how you spin it the buyout's at 12 million dollars <laughs> that is one way to look at it all right so you're 15 minutes removed from hearing that todd grantham has been fired yeah who do you want to replace him? Give, give me some names. Talk I mean, head. the number one with the bullet is uh, Jim Leonard, Wisconsin's okay. uh, defensive coordinator. I don't know that he's, I don't know that he would be interested in going to coach with Dan Mullen, who might be on a short leash and, and yeah. not. Uh, who might be so, play Hilton territory. And, and I think Jim Leonard went to Wisconsin. Maybe he thinks he's going to be the head coach of Wisconsin one day. Um, but Dave Aranda did the same move to LSU, right? Yeah. He was so, at Wisconsin. Yeah. Money money talks and Wisconsin's defense is fantastic. Love that. Um you I would have really, really loved Marcus. I would have really loved Marcus. I would have really loved Marcus Freeman last year. That guy yeah. is recruiting his off also. Mm-hmm. Um Notre Dame hasn't been fantastic, but they've signed like three or four uh five four or five star like defensive players in the last couple weeks. And I mean, or not signed. I shouldn't say signed. They got commits, but landed commitments. It, it matters. Um, yeah, I I mean, I don't know. A defensive coordinator, the landscape on defensive coordinator is kind of kind of odd to me. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see someone. I'm I'm sure. Florida's. Uh, it's probably worth putting the Florida logo on your chest for a little bit, if, especially if you get a chance to, you know, play with the fun toys you probably get to play with when you have all those DBs and. But should be talent on that team. I mean, Florida's team does not lack talent enough to be decent. They they're mm-hmm. just they've just been really bad. So, um, yeah. So that that would be. I mean, Jim Leonard. I I would love that, but I just don't know if he's realistic and it might be expensive. But they pay, they're paying Todd Grantham like one point seven million dollars a year. That's Which crazy, crazy. Yeah. Like he they like somehow convinced him not to go take the Bengals DC job two years ago, which would have been just so good if he would have just done that you know but well it would have yeah and because i remember when grantham was being talked about that year for like either nfl or potential college head coach jobs like there was smoke that like oh uva might or florida might look at nick howell 
UVA's defensive sure. coordinator to replace him, and that was when he was the hottest name on the East uh-huh. Coast. The Havocus were a thing. <clears throat> right. And we were I was all concerned that Nick Howell was gonna get a better job. And I would have you know, hindsight, I would have loved for Nick Howell to have gotten a better job. <laughs> exactly. That's why like yeah, the whole defensive coordinator thing is fairly tenuous because I think a lot of these guys are basically just like weird scheme mercenaries and or if they're actually really really good at it they want to be head coaches then they they cease to be defensive coordinators like like i'd like will muschamp to do it i'd like gary Mm -hmm. patterson to do it but i just don't know if either of those guys like i'd like gary patterson to do it if we can hire i would take tosh lupoy from the Mm -hmm. cleveland browns sure i don't give a care if he can't scheme let's get some dudes in that in that room and let's You know, let's work with we, we can we can work on we can work on scheme stuff. You know, I mean, he's, so there's some names. I would not take Charlie Strong at this point. Don't really love the Charlie Strong. Um, who's the guy? Who was the guy that was the head coach at Miami? Randy Shannon. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. Th- yeah, the game the game is sort of passed them by a little bit. A little a little too much. Like four three, like base cover two. Nothing happening for me. Um, Just but a lot of ask Madden plays. Yes. Yeah. 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 Not not a whole lot of pizzazz. Um. But I think Charlie Strong would probably recruit and oh, yeah. might be a might be a good uh person to have, uh, maybe helping Dan Mullen with some of his PR concerns. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's we're we're to the point too where it's like even the silly stuff is getting to Mullen. Like people are asking him in the press conference like why you didn't stay and sing the alma mater with the band after the game mm. and it's like he and he instead of just being like sorry guys it's cold like you guys saw what happened out there like wasn't really focused on that and i you know i apologize and and just you know making it a taking the easy way out yep you yeah got making exit, it you got a million yeah. exit ramps yes. you can take he he says like oh i mean come on I, you know i'll be honest i didn't even know the band was here you know and it's like <laughs> Like what, 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 like, why did you say that? You know, there's, there's no reason to say that. I kind of know what he, I, I know probably what he means and what he's getting at, but it's just we're to the point where we're parsing all this like silly BS that like he just is not good at, you know, taking ownership and, and, and stuff. But who knows? Maybe firing some of his friends is a, a step in the right direction or maybe, maybe they're the just kicking his, maybe they're just getting it. an early start because, you know, an L to Samford won't look too good next week. So. Mm. Is Samford I mean, an FCS school? I believe so, yes. Because I couldn't, that might be why I couldn't find an early line for couldn't, it. Couldn't so. find an early line. Yeah, FCS. So, anyhow. I mean, do you have any from outside perspective thoughts about Florida? Is our is our Florida fans unrealistic? No, I don't think so. Like, and I think that's easy for me to answer quickly and succinctly because the like, the comparison I have locally regionally is virginia tech fans who are incredibly unrealistic and i think like even some of them would acknowledge that like yeah we probably like were unrealistic about some of our expectations for a while but like florida i think florida can can reasonably expect to be a top 10 top 5 program because they have shown that they are able to do that um and that they were able to do it multiple times. Like, it wasn't just a one-time, like, man, we had a really great season, and, like, all the variables came together. Like, they were up there for years, and, like, in multiple coaching tenures. Um, 
So I don't think it's unreasonable. I do think that maybe the the expectations need to be tempered when you're like coming out of the McIlwain Muschamp era. Yeah. Um, like I don't think I don't think there are many coaches who you could hire after that section of time and expect them to just flip the switch and get it back to urban Meyer. Like it, it takes a while to get out of those holes. Um, and I don't think Dan Mullen is the guy to do that, but they maybe didn't hire him to do that. And so I, yeah. So I guess from the outside, that's kind of what I see. And I think Jason made a good point in, in our group chat over the weekend is it's kind of wild. Like how, how quickly things appear to have turned south. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, again, I mean, basically last, since last the Georgia year, game, was... yeah, since the Georgia game last year, it has not looked good for Florida. Yeah. Which is weird because that was, that's the crowning achievement of the Dan Mullen era at Florida is having a great team and whooping Georgia. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really interesting. I, I guess the the thing to me that is the most jarring is how, just they don't look like they've gotten any better yeah. and they they look they're they're getting worse throughout this year and it would appear they they're lacking general talent you know they, they seem less talented than they were last year which is true um just based on guys they lost to the nfl but like like you watch florida play like they don't have fast receivers that seems mm-hmm. it's really weird to see florida play without fast receivers like um you know they they have to play a running back part-time at receiver just to get a guy that's like a little bit shifty that can get the ball. And yet maybe you got used to being able to throw it to Kadarius Tony and him finally like being checked in and bought in. And listen, yeah. that, that guy was not that checked in and bought in to McElwain and he was checked in and bought into the to Billy Gonzalez and, and, uh, and, and Mullen staff. So, I mean, that that's a testament to them too, but you just kind of wonder like, where's the disconnect on development and why are you not prioritizing guys that you know you know can thrive in your offense too? So that's that is there. there there's a lot of questions to be answered there. So anyhow, we, we've done 25 minutes on this. this is ridiculous. So we'll move on. Um, should have should have sprinkled a little on Mizzou. You know, they it was never in doubt, Jordan. They got that cover. I think they lost by only 37. Um, yep. So great you know, teams cover. They covered the 39 and a half point spread. Uh, with ease, <clears throat> um, one of the weirdest games of the weekend was Tennessee at Kentucky. Uh, did were you consuming any of this throughout the evening yesterday? Uh, I I was keeping tabs on the score of it. I didn't really watch. Well, I guess I watched the end end when yeah. Kentucky was trying to drive for the win, mm-hmm. and the refs. Let let's call it what it was. They missed an obvious face mask on uh, the QB. Levis, I believe his last name is. Um, so they went into like fourth and two, fourth and three, and then Stoops drew an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty that put it at fourth and 17. They went right. ahead and converted it anyhow, like mm-hmm. despite despite the shenanigans, uh, but ultimately could not score. That's that's what I remember observing. Yes, this was a, a tale of... Like this, this was a ridiculous box score in this game. If you go back and look, um, Hooker completed 15 passes for 316 yards and four tuds. <laughs> so shouts to him. 
Uh, not to be outdone, Will Levis completed 31 passes for 372 yards and three tuds uh, and, and a, a really bad pick six. Um, but I was looking at the... Yeah, Kentucky had no net punting in this... No Kentucky punting in this game on the box score. Love that. Um, which is which, which is wild. But there was some... I'm trying to, I'm trying to find, there it is. The team stats, time of possession in this game. Kentucky had the ball for 46 minutes in this game and lost. That's gross. Um, Tennessee had the ball for 1352, just way more efficient. They had 461 yards. Kentucky had 612 yards of offense. Um, you know, just that's a Josh Heupel football and, game of five. And only one, and only one turnover uh, too. It wasn't like Kentucky turned the ball over five times and it was just, they shot themselves in the foot. Like I struggle to like understand how, this how you outgain them that crazy and you know i guess the game was the game was right there the turnover being a pick six did not help either certainly yeah, um, so, yeah that swings uh, and, a lot of things in a different direction right anyhow strange game um but it was fun i think i think we had it pegged as maybe being fun so kentucky on a at least a two-game skid here and they're likely to fall out of the top 25 so man who would have thought oh well uh, all right, I'll keep it going here. Oh, the Dukes took care of business. Go Dukes. Yeah, they did. Homecoming. Homecoming. Put it on the Campbell Camels. That's right. 51-14, I believe. I that think so. Well. A systematic beatdown. Well, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of forced fumbles and recovered fumbles for the JMU defense. Popped up on the on the timeline. Um, Love it. Logan, how how was the first weekend with with legal wagering in Florida? I kept it under control. I was That's a little good. I think I was a little shell shocked uh after my first legal wager went south on me. Uh but this is what I get for betting on the Hokies. They of and course betting me against over. the red bandana game, more importantly. All right. Listen, yeah, you 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 it's easy to wave that <laughs> red bandana around afterwards. Um I, I feel like I've seen Boston College lay an egg on red bandana day before, but um I should have known better than to have, you know, to, to rely on Justin Fuente to do anything. Did, anything. See, did they even try to win? There was like five minutes left in this game, and they were punting down two scores. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, anyhow. Burmeister so, got hurt. Uh, yeah. I did watch a little bit of it. I saw Burmeister yeah. got hurt again. Um, I, mean, yeah, I think I, it was 17-3. to 3. I mean, this it had to have been a pretty unwatchable football a, game. So. A real Big East throwback in, yeah. in so many ways. So anyhow, thanks. Thanks a lot, Justin Fuente. Don't let the door hit you in the on the way out. Uh, just one final parting shot um, my way. Just kidding. That'll win. Yeah. Like limp out there and beat UVA, but it's fine. I'll it's get fine. carried out on, on the player's shoulders and then I'm prepared. Yeah. fired. <laughs> I'm prepared to be hurt, Jordan. Uh, not too worried about it. But uh, yeah, I think I did. I did cash one in. Oh. Oh, I heard Mackenzie Milton was starting, so I hopped on. I hopped on the Wolfpack <laughs> with the quickness, uh, right. and um, yeah, and that that took me to victory. Um, I did. They they do kind of goad you in on this app with some some fun little like parlay the option boosts. games. Yeah, yeah, the boost. I mean, and it's worth it's worth sprinkling a couple bucks here here and there. So I think I was on the it was the the the, the Dade County boost yesterday. It was the Heat to win and FIU to win, and FIU did not win. Um, that was that was super.
would have won some i would have won some good money there so it's good value you know I, yeah. I think i think sprinkling a couple dollars here and there positive so. expected yeah. value yeah. yeah we're looking forward to um you know having a more systematic approach next weekend i didn't i didn't want to be just you know maybe having a couple sodas at the uh football game and just hopping on the app and just like right. starting to pull out because yeah, that can go exactly right. <laughs> so, um but yeah I, you know i'm one i'm one and two so far, which it's pretty right. much matches my matches my average on <laughs> on this damn show too. So yeah. Speaking of Jordan, take us take us to the pick segment. Yeah, let's talk about some picks. Why don't we? Uh, Jason, oddly enough, is not here after a two and three week. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yes. Logan, you also went two and three. I somehow <sighs> found my way to the mountaintop, four and one. I'm back, back in the good graces of the spread. Um, Attaboy. For at least today, you know. T- tomorrow could be a different day. Very the well good, might be a different day. The good um, graces of the spread. Uh, yeah, so overall this year, uh, we've still got Jason in first at 24, 26, and 0. Logan, you are in second at 22 and 28, and I am bringing up the rear 21 and 29. Um so the, the boys, you know, we're running out of time a little bit to keep it above 500 to, to remain <laughs> profitable. Right. Um, but, you know, you can't you can't have a comeback win if you don't fall behind at some point. That's, That's what a good I point. Say. So, yeah, game number one, Wake Forest at North Carolina. We had a, an absolute barn burner of a performance here. Second straight week for Wake. Yeah, it uh, it got weird, got weird quick. UNC had a just not a great uniform combination rolling. I was starting to to worry about my pick when I saw him trot out the the navy blue tops with the Carolina blue pants. Thank you, thank you for saying that. A, a terrible look. They should they should never ever do that. Yeah, if. If you're gonna wear the navy tops, you gotta wear the navy bottoms as well. Sure. And at and, that point, you're a, just trying yeah. to be UVA. So. And you shouldn't you shouldn't wear the navy tops. Congratulations, if you're, you yeah, played yourself. If you're North Carolina, you just shouldn't wear the navy tops. It's not right. your color. Just don't yeah. do it. Who decided? Those if you're gonna do that, just wear black and just do the black jersey thing. You know. Yeah, they've done that before too. Sure. Right. Anyhow, we here we go solving North Carolina's problems for free. <laughs> what a terrible idea. <laughs> but uh yeah unc came out um i think they were the ones that got out to a hot start wake forest yeah clawed it back yeah, see what i did there claw. clawed it uh, back that's right speaking of old mr coach claw he has the weirdest just like always open mouthed on the sideline look mm. um I don't know that I would be able to pick like if Dave Clawson came up and kissed me on the mouth. I don't know that I would tell you that, that I could tell you that that was him. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, he is a very nondescript like in my when I think of Dave Clawson, I cannot picture like a, a specific face. Yeah, like we've seen scores of him at Shenbelly <laughs> and Lakeview Golf Course in our day. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. Anyhow, back to back to the action. Uh, I do remember. Uh, some just bad, like a bad interception, a bad Sam Hartman interception. Um, mm. Several, actually. I remember Sam Howell yet again, just like running like he is Tim Tebow reincarnate and dudes bouncing off of him 
Um, apparently he is, I think the announcer said, only six foot, but a, a very full and stout 220. <laughs> I love and that. He, and he runs like it. So he's built like Rex Grossman. He's a, he's a real Rex Grossman type. So Rex saying. Grossman, yes. <laughs> he can run. Um, yeah, no, this game seemed wild uh, back and forth towards the end. I, for whatever reason, remembered it in my mind that we were on Wake. I was on Wake Forest uh, plus three and a half, not uh, two and a half. Yeah, and I had so to check I was, the spreadsheet multiple I was, times during yeah. the game. Is this two and a half or three? I was pretty happy like because I was like, oh, sweet. And then North Carolina scored a touchdown right at the end. I was like, oh, no, no. And then, you know, Wake kind of got it back again. But anyhow, three-point game, North Carolina, uh, I guess, you know, pulls away with the victory. How are we feeling Got to think that this was coming for Wake. You know, you don't just like randomly get into a ridiculous shootout with like not a very good Navy team last week, yeah. um, and and not be like, you know, I don't I don't think they're that great, but their defense clearly has some issues. Um, North Carolina is this part of their late season surge that makes us believe in them for next year? Is this are, yeah. is that what we're talking this up to, or are we do we think that they've maybe found something? I mean, it was a shootout, um, but. It seems like if North Carolina can run the football, their offense is really, really good. Um, yeah, no, and that, I think you might have pointed that out on the at the pre, in the previous episode. But they, I mean, they ran they ran it on Wake hard, and that really helped out. Um, old Mister Quarterback guy, whose name is evading me Ow. at this moment. Yeah, we had two Sam. two Sams playing QB That's uh, right. in this one. Um, but yeah, no, I to me, North Carolina's offense is like very situationally dangerous. Where if like if they can break off chunk yards in the run game, then boy, you are in for a long day because that just opens everything up so much more than like you look at what that offense did week one against Virginia Tech, like Virginia Tech sold out to stop the run and they were not a dangerous offense. Um right. so I like I don't think that is the characteristic of a top team of a top tier team that you can only be super dangerous if your right. running game is really on fire. Um, so I, I'm still a UNC hater have been <laughs> since day one. Clearly. Um, but yeah, I, and like, is Sam Howell going to be back next year or is he going to the league? Cause this is like not an awesome QB class, so it feels like it might make sense for him to go cash in while, you know, the other fish in the pond don't look so hot. Um, right. So, yeah, I like, I'm not sold on North Carolina. They've had defensive issues since Mac Brown has been there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm out. I will sell. I will short North Carolina stock. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, all right. Let's keep it growing. Yeah. Uh, the other noon 30 game, well, yeah, the true, I guess they were both noons. Neither were noon 30. My apologies. My game was noon 30. That's right. Uh, we had Liberty Flames at Ole Miss. This was the Hugh Freeze Bowl. I didn't watch any of this, honestly. I was I was fixated on the ACC. Um, but I, I saw Ole Miss had jumped out to, like, 20 to nothing lead in the first half. Yeah. Was it was 24 like, nothing at halftime. Yeah. I was um, like, oh, great. This is the easiest pick. And then Liberty came back, damn near backdoor covered. Uh, yes. But yes. I see via the play by play list that 
uh, Malik Willis threw his third interception in the end zone late in the fourth quarter uh, where a touchdown would have been a backdoor cover nail through the coffin for the boys. But Yeah, what, the, what did this end up? 27-13, 27-14? 14 I think. Yeah, so 13-point win. Yeah, I think it was probably a, a more comfortable win for Ole Miss than maybe that score would let on. Um, but also kind of odd that Ole Miss just went a whole half and basically didn't score. Um, yeah. That's not that new. I know Corral's hurt and gave some like tremendous football guy quotes after the game about like how he wanted to be a leader for the young guys. And like he, and he, oh, yeah. he, he even dropped the line. I was hurt. I wasn't injured. So mm-hmm. I could play through that, which, Oh man, this guy love, I'm loving him he more and more it. every day. Yeah. So anyhow, I mean, we also had a, had a Twitter incident. We did. Yeah. A double, a double Twitter incident. I think that, we had multiple tweets removed, I believe, by the. So uh, I'm only aware of the old Miss tweet that referenced the, if if you have something to report, please send those emails too, which right. you know direct reference to the Hugh Freeze uh, issues. Correct. Yeah, I think wasn't there an, another one, or maybe it was a previous tweet that also got taken down. Of, it was him in the hospital bed uh, with his hand up, and it was like some sort oh, of sassy, sassy, like you know, uh, something about winning the day or something like that. So uh, I don't know. Those uh, Hugh Freeze in Hugh Freeze is in the uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just an interesting guy. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, saw his name pop up for the Texas Tech job. Yes, yes. And, I, and saw Godfrey point out that, you know, when you spend a week prior, you know, setting the table with Art Briles rumors, Hugh Freeze looks suddenly way more appetizing than if you had just Godfrey. put him out as the first course. So. Right. Godfrey Godfrey knows the game. He knows the game better than any of us. Um, I he, There was also a nugget I heard today. Uh, Richard Johnson had reported that um, – Sonny Dykes has been sitting on a contract extension for over four weeks now, uh, has yeah. not signed anything. So that's, and I know that there's been some, just some, some whispers. Uh, Sonny Dykes would appear to be guy who is down to leave current job. I mean, that is. And very also much... guys who knows how to play the game. Yes. Yes. Also guy. Who knows, I, mean, I mean, if your name is Sonny, I mean, Sonny Dykes, that's a football coach name right there. Like he, he knows what's going on, but he just seems like he is the, I mean, he was, that dude cannot fit a Cal, and he was the Cal coach for a while. I mean, you think Sonny Dykes, but um, he seems like a Texas bro. We maybe have heard that there's some fun Virginia Tech uh, rumblings about old, old Sonny. Everybody wants the air raid, Jordan, you know? Gotta Nobody keep up wants with the who's. <laughs> Everybody wants the air raid, so. Um, that, could be, that could be interesting. Not, you know, wouldn't, I wouldn't be uh, the end of the world for me personally, so that's good. Yeah, but I also feel like with my luck, like it wouldn't be a splash higher, but then damn, it would turn out to be really good. Like it would somehow work so well for Virginia Tech. So maybe, maybe they can get real experimental and just fail colossally again. Right. I think that's what, what I'm rooting for. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll go to 3.30. We had Auburn at Texas A&M. Speaking of wild extensions. Auburn at Texas A&M, Jimbo earning earning every penny of that billion dollar extension he signed this year. This um, game, I told you all this game was going to be some dookie, and it was 
There yeah. was a, a brief moment of excitement there in like the third quarter, and then it was back to Dookie. Um, Calzada got hurt, right, in this game. He was out yeah, at least so for he, a bit. He like he had to get pulled for a play or two because he he lowered the boom on a safety on a scramble. So he came back in the game. I believe he started this game with a brace on his left knee from the Alabama game, and he then had to put a harness on his left shoulder. So the whole like left side of his body ah. was just spatted Braces. up. Yeah. He looked like Baker Mayfield. In in some characteristics, yeah. Was he wearing the Lars Mikulowskis, like uh harness that keeps the arm attached to the body? That one is always Yeah, uh, where it's like tethered to your to your rib cage, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I've always been curious as to what that would actually feel like, but Thank goodness I've never had any reason to actually wear it. Um, but yeah, there was like there was a spicy two-play sequence where Malzani Auburn like reappeared in the flesh. It was crazy. Yes. Uh, they tried they tried a very interesting trick play that <laughs> resulted in a fumble and they recovered it. Yeah. And then the next play from scrimmage, they went gimmicky again and fumbled it, and it got scoop scored. Yeah. And uh, the scoop score pretty much killed them. There was yeah. not a whole lot of moving the football going on in this game. I mean, it was like, was it 3 3 at halftime? I think so. Oof. And like, Knicks was just never comfortable. And like, right. AM's defense did a great job of keeping him off of his base, out of the pocket. Like, they, he was doing a lot of horizontal running while looking for mm. receivers. Um, yeah. That's not good. I mean, Texas and him is good. I mean, I, yeah. they're playing they're playing like they should have probably been playing all year. It took them a little while to get going. I know quarterback issues are what they are, but I just I just find them hellaciously boring and snail-paced and just don't really like that approach to the game. So, you know, I'm going to be a hater. And it's weird. Yeah. It seems weird there. Also, number one recruit in the country, Nolan Smith, committed to Texas A&M this weekend. How are these guys – what are they selling? I, it, it's got to be like – I mean, I don't want to like do the cop-out answer NIL stuff, but like there's there's got to be some NIL reasons. And like maybe you just get caught up. If like if he was at the game, maybe the 12th man got to you. Maybe they hypnotized you at their weird like – <laughs> yell call practice or whatever yeah um also shout out to Sh charlotte wilder officiated a wedding at kyle <laughs> field <laughs> yeah chicago football man yeah yeah but shout out to charlotte for that yeah i i just like i don't know Te texas a&m to me like what it's unearned did they, i'm just did saying they like just yeah, sell like, you like you're gonna be miles garrett like okay i guess i mean yeah maybe i mean jimbo maybe he knows guys that can recruit really well good i mean he recruited really well at florida state but like they also like he was coming in to florida state post bobby bowden florida state had the juice man i mean this wasn't this wasn't like uh he was an upstart program like texas a&m is not upstart but i mean they're new to the sec relatively um don't really have a whole lot of history recently i mean they haven't been good i mean they have like elite history in like the 50s i think or something like johnny that manziel didn't, year one didn't time they had a long. johnny manziel year that they lost to will Muschamp's florida in that same year so congratulations to your great season they did beat alabama though that year um I, yeah i guess i'm just i'm just curious to what like i, I don't see texas a&m and think like man these guys are they're churning out 
right pro offensive linemen pro defensive line i mean i guess you know everybody's randomly has a defensive end that's just a stud yeah like i couldn't tell you their most recent like high draft pick yeah they probably had a db or whatever yeah Hmm. Yeah, what what was that guy's name? Yeah, old Mr. DB guy. Yeah, uh, you know they they like they, Kellen, they play they, yeah, they, they play Kellen good. Mond. He he landed on an NFL roster, but I right. Mean, Ugh. Yeah, thank you, thank you. My point exactly. You yeah. can be Kellen Mond. You can be here for seven years and get zero better and be a fourth round pick. Just get and... sacrificed via <laughs> QB bootlegs. <laughs> uh, anyhow, all right. Fresno on the, State. On the Boise and Fresno. We, we, we nailed Boise. this one. Oof. You know, this one brought us back down to earth. Brought me back down to earth. Anyhow, not to brag. But uh, Boise. Oh, boy. This was apparently the Boise team that uh, put it on BYU also. Um, yeah. Kind of strange that they, like, can't do that consistently. But... Sure. Uh, you know, maybe they're just going through some some growing pains, figuring out life after Brian Harson, and uh, yeah. Also, no, our guy, a, our guy Jake Hayner threw three interceptions. Um, it, it would appear that uh, Fresno started off the game. Their first drive, they turned it over on downs. Their second drive, Jake Hayner threw a pick on the first play. So uh, tough to generate momentum when when that is. <laughs> is your one-two punch out of the gate. But, uh, you know, respect to Fresno State for all that they've done so far this year. We notice you, we appreciate you, and you should probably play in the Pac-12 championship game this year, given given your experiences. Um, but I don't have anything else to add. Yeah, I didn't watch any of this, so... I don't have anything to add other than that seems like a big win for Boise State. They've, yeah. they've had a subpar year for their standards, and Fresno's been good. Maybe Fresno's just like kind of a, a wild experience in which they uh, show up against big, you know, show up for big games. So you would have thought that this would have been a big game from a, you know, Mountain West standpoint. And it was a home game. So yeah. curious performance by Fresno there. They got, I mean, it, they got run. This is a, this is a Florida, South Carolina situation for sure. So yeah. you're you're not wrong um final game of the evening oregon at washington this i mean this had its moments for sure there were some moments yeah yeah absolutely i didn't i didn't watch a ton of it i did obviously catch all the drama the jimmy lake drama jimmy lake i mean my man my man seems like he gets into it a little bit you know yeah maybe Uh, washington needs that like it, it's probably a uh, culture shock after like Chris Peterson, Peterson being but the Lake was the DC under Peterson. Yeah, but like it, yeah. you can like you can tone it down when when the big cheese is is who he is. Um, but yeah, so I like I don't really have anything in the first forty eight or whatever minutes to talk about, but the end of the game. <laughs> over under drama i'm very prepared to talk about <laughs> please please talk me through it it was uh you were you were tweeting it out i was i was loosely keeping track of what was going on here and then i saw um jimmy lake punch one of his players on the sideline which seemed seemed like uh, maybe not the best not doing the best lot, move doing a lot there um <laughs> so for for those who were not uh keeping a beady little eye on the total for this game it closed at 48 and a half 
or 48, depending on where, where you buy your lines at. Um, Washington was down eight at like five minutes left in the fourth quarter. They get the ball. Uh, there at this point were 40 points in the game. They were down 24 to 16. They get the ball deep in their own territory. The drive goes nowhere. Uh, they decide to punt on fourth and 10 with a minute 57 left, down eight, only two timeouts, mm -hmm. which drew a lot of questions. Uh, fairly well-deserved. Drew some snarky tweets about, uh, you know, intelligence, things of that nature, given some, some comments earlier in their week from Coach Lake <laughs> about who their academic peers allegedly were. Um, well, and like we had presidents weighing in too, university presidents yeah. talking about ap academic prowess institutions, which was a, a beautiful, a beautiful turn of phrase for that specific phrase. for that specific conversation. <laughs> right. So Washington trots the punt team out there. Uh, the fans boo, but it's kind of like a, a half-hearted boo. Some of them just throw their hands up in disgust. We we got some interesting. Uh, like screen shots of the crowd, some sad husky hats, like has husky toboggans, and it's piss and rain at this point in the evening too. So like all of all of the knit hats are wet and uh, and sad. Uh. Uh, probably smelled terrible too. Um, so yeah, they trot the punt team out there, and the center <laughs> just launches the snap over the punter's head for a safety. So we, yeah, we we go. Which from... is one of the like one of the most deflating things to watch happen. And then given the stakes here, really, really, really deflating. But like when it happens and it's just like that, just out the end zone, you're like, oh, because rarely I feel like that often happens at the end zone. Yeah. And like I mean, now feel bad for the punter that has to, if it happens at like the thirty, and the guy's got to like run straight backwards and try to like left-footed soccer kick the ball out the back mm -hmm. of the end zone always love that too but we i feel like we get more of these end zone situations anyhow continue yeah so long snapper just launches the snap way out the end zone it's a safety we are now at 42 points with a minute 57 left to go mm -hmm. washington is now kicking the ball off they are down 10 and they decide to use that opportunity for an onside kick rather than just rather than just give up like they were ready to in punting the ball, they decide, no, we're actually going to get spicy with this in a confusing way. So they onside kick the after safety punt. Oregon recovers. So Oregon is already in Washington territory under two minutes. The total is at 42. They begin the process of running the clock out. Uh, they are not doing so passively. Like, you will watch some teams run the clock yeah. out, and it's clear, like, we're just trying to get tackled and get get yeah. on the bus and get out of here. They are, they are getting some chunk yards trying on, to score <laughs> on these plays. So uh, I believe the young man's last name was uh, Caldwell. I think it's Byron Caldwell was the running back they had oh, deployed at this point. You can uh, tell me Byron Caldwell like got minutes for the '96 Bulls, and I would believe you. But yeah, go ahead. they were real like Harlem Globetrotters, <laughs> Yeah, um, my man Byron busts one up the middle and <laughs> is headed to pay dirt. 
crosses the goal line, gets awarded a touchdown. We are now at 48 points, pending the extra point for 49 to tip it to you over. They go to video review, which is like the 164th video review that this game had. There were so many of them. Um, They overturned the touchdown rule, and they send Oregon offense, Washington defense back out at the half-yard line. So we're now back under 48 and a half. Oregon does not get in the kneeling formation. They get in the shotgun, like, we're going to run, we're going to score a (laughs) touchdown formation. But the clock starts on the ball being set for play because the last play was just a running play. Mm -hmm. So you could tell, like, the quarterback got confused when the clock started running to zero because he thought, like, oh, we're going to have to snap it and then we're going to get the score. We're going to have an excuse. But they ultimately let time run out. So (laughs) So the under cashes. Thankfully, I wasn't sweating either side of it. But, man, thoughts and prayers to those of you. This is why, if you're betting unders, you're a real sicko. Like you, <laughs> sicko mode, sicko mode for sure. Unless it's like directly weather or Georgia dependent, like you can't be betting unders, you know, reliably out here. Or Iowa, I, I should say, you know, Iowa's out here. They're down for a good under. Yeah, yeah, it's tough because like the the public's always on the over, so you fade the public and you're on the under, and that's where the money is allegedly made, but it's also not fun. It is it is extremely not fun, when, especially when times like this happen. But hey, like I said, you guys made some money, so shouts to them. Yeah. Did you? Um. All right. So that, that I mean, that's it for college football. A pretty a pretty solid weekend. I mean, I guess we should also say that Michigan State lost. I mean, we didn't mention that at all. Spoiler Michigan makers. State lost to uh to yeah. The spoiler makers are back. Alabama um, almost lost. Alabama effed around and uh, almost lost. Like at various points in this game, Alabama looked like they were about to bust it wide open, and then. They they just didn't, uh, and LSU had chances at the end to throw the ball in the end zone. Um, Ohio State did did not look great against Nebraska. Um, is Nebraska the best three and seven team of all time? Maybe who knows? Hard People to say. Are Cincinnati did that thing where they played with their food again, and you know, I I don't think it means nothing that Cincinnati does this repeatedly, right? I I don't. You know, yeah. I don't. I, I think as long as it would appear that like Oklahoma is also getting knocked for doing this, um, and I'm curious to see if Ohio State does as well. But um, well, that's the thing is like I don't think that standard gets applied equally across the board. Oh no, no, like, no, no, no! Because the first not thing get penalized yeah. at all for narrowly beating a bad, bad to mediocre LSU team at home whereas Mm -hmm. cincinnati is gonna get lit up for not just blowing the doors off of tulsa so that's true yeah yeah i mean i guess you could seek out the conversation the alabama fan base would tell you there's a huge problem with alabama and that they need to you know clear house and um pete golding is the problem even though they only gave up 14 points like alabama is just very strange to me they they go long stretches of time without scoring um, and it doesn't seem like they should, given that they have good receivers, they have excellent running backs, and their quarterback's really good. But they just—I don't know if maybe they—they're they, not getting—they're not getting as many big explosive touchdowns that they were getting last year with Waddle and Rugs and um, 
and uh, and uh, Devontae Smith. So, I mean, yeah. granted, those are three first round draft pick receivers, which is you know has to put not some not pressure on the defense. People would say, but uh, also kind of interesting that like they don't even just do the thing where they lean on the running game for like uh, a solid quarter and just run it down your throat and score two touchdowns. You know, with their with their two drives, it, it's almost like they can't really do that or they just sort of trip up um oklahoma state looked really impressive in their win over west virginia 24 to 3 their defense is really good so excited for bedlam in a couple weeks in which oklahoma wins by a little or oklahoma wins by a lot right that's that's what happens in bedlam baylor went down to tcu so shout out to coach p um Yeah, I think uh, I think that I think that about wraps it up. Pittsburgh and Duke played in like a, a strangely pointsy game, um, but I think that's what Pittsburgh does these days. Appears to be so. All all you folks who like betting overs, Pittsburgh and Virginia play in two weeks. Mm. Oh man, get your that, over fingers ready. That could be extremely over, assuming assuming our sweet our, our sweet left-handed ginger ginger rocket is truly 100 percent feeling better <laughs> the ginger rocket <laughs> didn't they didn't they call him that the sweet ginger or something but the, the the woman who was on the announcement said that yeah. during the, the byu no, game and i was like i've seen it's... some of uva twitter call him baby tivo recently oh, okay that's that's aggressive I like that. too I like, I like left-handed that. i i do i do feel that's that a real hitch in his giddy up when when he goes to throw the ball <laughs> it's just timothy it just looks like he's going to just yank all throws like straight to the right and he does not he put often puts them on the money yeah um all right well that's it did you watch the ufc any boxing or ufc this weekend man i i really wanted to stay up and watch the the usman Usman? yeah fights but uh you know i just observed some self-care and took full advantage of my extra hour of sleep (laughs) that's good yeah, I uh, I caught up in the morning, but uh, you know, looks like looks like a good time. Shouts to, dude, Usman's a bad dude. I would I would want I would want no parts of that, like yeah. at all. Um, Covington's super tough too, and yep, but Usman just appears appears to be built different. One might say extremely different. <laughs> extremely different. I think he trains down here in South Florida. You know, nice. You know the vibes. Uh, Get him oh, to come uh, play golf with us sometime. Yeah. We'll we'll do it. I'll hit him up. Um, all right. You got anything else? I don't think so. Cracky, we love you. We'll catch you. Hopefully, he'll he'll rejoin us for picks episodes so we can gloat about his two and three week. Um, right. The Duke's but... Ben's basketball home openers this week, so Jason uh, will be on site for that on Wednesday. Can't wait. Can't Hopefully, wait we'll get the first update. first session of semi season in on Friday. Ah. Oh. It's all coming together. It's all coming up. It's all coming up the boys, you know? <laughs> all coming up wheel route these days. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining us. You know what it is. We're at the wheel route on Twitter, wheel route podcast at gmail.com. Is the email address. Go to the website. It is thewheelroute.com. You can uh, download the show there, stream it there. You can also see this pick spreadsheet. And uh, yeah, we will catch you soon. Thanks for joining us. Go Gators. Go Hoos.